Wolf and Luke. And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. This is going to make me look kind of freaky. I'm Eric Lupinski. The latest from the Arizona. <laughs> Devaluing the word great if you follow with Luke Lupinski. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM. Arizona's sports station. Final hour of the show out here at State Farm Stadium. Wolf, it has been a good, what, eight straight shows we've done out here. It's been pretty nice. A lot of, a lot of access behind the scenes, certainly. Really, across the board, pretty impressed with all the players we've had up in this booth for interviews, too. Yeah, you know, honestly, to that note right there, I love the fact that we ended it here today with Zayvon Collins. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was really, really cool. Great great conversation with Zavin. Uh, we're going to switch over to basketball here for a couple minutes, and you and I had the conversation earlier. We we also had it with Dave Pash when he came in talking about, you know, what are you what are you becoming if you do trade for Kevin Durant if he forces his way out of Brooklyn as it appears he's going to do? And I know you and I in some ways see this very similarly, and we're also on opposite ends of the spectrum here because you're kind of having second thoughts, and, and I'm more of the mindset of, yeah, yeah, I, it does kind of feel dirty to watch a player force his way out of a team when he has four years left on a, his contract. His extension is just like just now kicking in. But I also had already kind of braced for this a month or two ago that if it was going to happen, this was going to have to happen. And honestly, Wolf, I think for the Suns to get him, it's going to have to get even uglier because I think he's going to have to force his way specifically to Phoenix because other teams can offer more. Okay, uh, this honestly goes all the way back to LeBron James. There are two types of people in the world, those who love Loved what LeBron did getting out of Cleveland and those who do not like what LeBron did getting out of Cleveland right here. I would fall into the latter category. I did not like it even then. I loved what Michael Jordan actually said when all of that went down. He said, I didn't want to play with you. I wanted to beat you. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. That was Michael Jordan. That was his mentality right there. I didn't want to play Michael in Jordan. a super team. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to beat you. I didn't want to play with you. I wanted to beat you. That was his mentality. Listen, I realize that's an old school mentality, and that is still my mentality, and I don't apologize for it. I I don't. And because of that, I'm looking at Kevin Durant, and intellectually, I can understand. He does. I get it. He makes the Suns contenders again better. I think they're contenders right now. I think you could he build it. I think you could build an argument. Yes, that's the best way to do it. You could build an argument that says, you know what? Hey, listen, even if they don't get Kevin Durant, they're contenders right now. Still, I would say that. They are contenders. I don't think that's a hard argument at all to build. But you're probably right in regard to Kevin Durant. They get KD. Now, all of a sudden, they're favorites or one of the favorites what I, to actually win. What I would say about, uh, you mentioned LeBron, you know, I think a lot of people share your mindset of like, okay, really, you're going to go team up with a bunch of guys, that's the only way you can win a ring. Uh, LeBron was a free agent, though, that's the one thing. That's true. And, and I've always but he kinda, wanted out of there. Well, he was trying to manipulate that super team, and he did it. And, and he kind of is is the guy that everybody looks at that says that kind of started this era of, okay, let's just get a bunch of friends together and go play on a team. Where I've always drawn the line personally is if you're free agents... So be it. It's not great if the NBA only has two good teams and we know who's going to be in the title every 
every year, but if you're a free agent, you're a free agent. What I've always hated is guys forcing their way out with years left on their deal. I yes, hate it when I agree Davis with that. did it. And so, yeah, if this wasn't to the Phoenix Suns, I would hate this too because I don't – and I, I get why Kevin Durant's probably frustrated trying to play alongside Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving, but that's partially your doing. In fact, that's probably majoritively your, your doing. Um, but as I said when this all started – I don't need Phoenix to be the team where everybody decides to take the moral stand and say, no, I'm I'm not going to force a trade anymore. (laughs) I just hated it then. I I did the super team, the whole idea of a super team. I agreed with Michael Jordan. I loved Michael Jordan and what he said about it at the time and totally understood what he meant by that. Um, Anthony Davis, what Anthony Davis did to get out of New Orleans, once again, I thought was despicable. Uh, Couldn't stand that. Now, listen, Kevin Durant... I, I liked it when Kevin Durant was requesting. Yeah, it was a, a little trade. bit different. Remember that? It's like a week and a half. I'm just requesting a trade. Whatever happens, it happens. just seemed like it was so KD. I knew him to be a relatively good guy. Everyone talks about the fact that he is a good dude for the most part, and you know that seemed like, hey, listen, I'm requesting a trade. If it doesn't happen, I understand. Now all of a sudden, he's up the ante big time. He's demanding out because he obviously wants Steve. Nash or Sean Marks, or both of them, gone. Which we assume he did because he knows that's not something an organization could exactly. do. Exactly. So, okay, now you so, can't meet my demands, so trade So it me. almost seems like right now, if you want Kevin Durant to come here and be a Phoenix Sun, um, he's got to do something else. He's got to do something else. Double down on the I went out, can you feel that, buddy? Huh? Huh? This feels like huh? Uh, on his way out. George Costanza trying to get fired from the Yankees, right? Like he's got to drag the, the the trophy through the parking lot in the back of his car. Although I don't think the Nets have one. Um, it this, seems though, like he's got to do that though. To, once to again, specifically to get double to Phoenix, down. Yeah. And and here's the thing. Once again, if you want Kevin Durant here in Phoenix, be encouraged. Because I think he's a diva. See, I, I hate where your logic's going. I, I think he's a diva. And if, in fact, he is, he's going to get his way. He's going to get his way because he's going to manipulate it down to the, where he's going to go. All he has to do is tell the Celtics, I don't want to I don't yeah, want to play with you. That's why, I don't want to play with you. That's why I laugh when people are like, well, Katie doesn't have any say. He's getting traded. Yeah, he does. If, if he goes, if he says, flat, if he tweets out, yeah, go ahead and trade me to Toronto. Go ahead and trade. Scotty Barnes for me. I'm going to leave. I'm going to force my way out in a year or whatever. Why would Toronto trade Scotty Barnes for a guy that doesn't want to be there? Why would you do that right there? You've got a guy who doesn't want to play with you in your team. And you're going to go trade trade for him. Come on, man. So he can manipulate it once again. And if, in fact, he wants to play for the Phoenix Suns, he will. So the problem, well, there's not a problem with your logic. It just, it hurts me because that makes it sound like he, to get here, he's going to have to diva it up even more. Yeah. And if he's not willing to diva it up, he probably won't come here. And at that point, I'm going to want him here more because he didn't go that extra mile. And here's the thing. See, if he doesn't diva it up, now all of a sudden I might want him. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) And then he'll be on Boston by then. Uh, this is the question I wanted to get to, and I should have done this as a poll question, and I I, I don't know what why. What a didn't. freak show! If it because it may very well come down to, it seems like your options if you're the Suns are you you need this to drag on till January, and then you have to include Da whether that goes to Utah and Utah kicks in Donovan Mitchell, or Brooklyn just realizes yeah Da is better than what else we could get, or you know the trade's going to happen 
next week and you got to give up Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson and a bunch of picks. Just a very simple, most basic thing. Let's say you're going to get Kevin Durant to go with Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Do you want to keep Mikel or do you want to keep T.A.? Oh, man. Because it's, it's, I understand man. DA was the number one overall Can pick. I see DA? Can I actually watch him play for two weeks? Pash, Is that okay? Can I do that? Pash was in here before. He said, Mikel. He said, he, he said it's tough to give up a guy like Mikel. Wolf, I know. I kind of think the Suns feel the oh. same way. Don't you? Yes. Doesn't it feel like this deal maybe could have gotten done if they were like, yeah, here's Mikel, Cam, and a yes, bunch of picks? Totally agree. They, I, I mean, think James they don't Jones, want to trade Mikel. No, I think you're right about that. Would you want to trade him? No. No way would I want to trade him. But I understand I might have to to get Kevin Durant. Yeah, but might, I don't want might to. have to once again to get Kevin Durant. James Jones, never forget this. James Jones, once again, is a player. He's a player that happens to be a general manager in the NBA. He thinks like a player. And I wonder, he's old school, too. James Jones, would you say he's old school? I would say he's old school, but he's played on super teams. Um, Okay, he's played on super teams. And maybe James Jones doesn't have a great opinion of that and that experience. Maybe he still believes he's got what it takes to win here. I mean, honestly, if you if you, he does. if you honestly told me right now that Devin Booker takes the next step in his progression, if Devin Booker takes the next step and doesn't disappear in a game six or a game seven, Boy. okay, if Devin, whatever happened with that, I have no idea what that was. Somebody knows where the bodies metaphorically are buried when it comes to that and what happened to the Suns in the Dallas Mavericks series once again. Somebody knows. And at some point in time, we're going to find out Media what it day, is. When they I put just a mic don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> I just don't know if it's going to be anytime soon that we're going to find out what actually happened. But if Devin Booker would take that next step in his progression, becoming a super, a true superstar, one of the top six, seven players in the league, if he does that, and DeAndre Ayton just gets more aggressive. More physical. This team has got every chance to go into this season and be a contender well, to win the championship. The first one of those ifs, I'm pretty confident will happen. The second one, we've been asking for a while. But I honestly, I think if Devin Booker takes another step, this team is a championship contender. I think they're a championship contender anyway, unless you tell me Kevin Durant ends up on Golden State, which I don't believe he will. Uh, when we come back, the initial power rankings for the 2022 NFL season out there on NFL.com. Where do they have the Cardinals heading into that first preseason game against the Bengals? We'll discuss that and the rest of the NFC West next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. I think Zach Hurts taking you in the system full season. I think Hollywood Brown playing in our system. And then I definitely Rondell. I mean, he's, he's kind of waited in the wings last year. He was frustrated at times last year with the way I used him, which he should have been, and I understood that. But he's going to get an opportunity to show what he can do. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. Okay, full disclosure here, and, and Maloney pointed this out during uh, Wolf and Down Your Lunch. 
Wolf and I both saw the, the NFL.com preseason power rankings, right? Okay, going yeah. into the 2022 season. And I, I do kind of like it. It sort of sets the tone for, it's almost like a preseason college football poll. Like, okay, where, where are we viewing these teams? And then what they do in week one, they're kind of operating from here. As nobody's, they're not all starting from the same point. Let's just put it that way in terms of public perception. Like, they have the Cardinals 17th. So I saw it and I liked it, but I didn't put it in my email uh, for the, the show last night because I know sometimes Wolf doesn't like the power rankings. Yeah, I drive you crazy. Yeah. Wolf promptly put it in his email. Yeah. Producer Wolf. And here we are talking power rankings. Well, first of all, uh, it did drive you crazy, did it not? You sat there and you looked at it and you said, you got to be kidding me, right? You're trying to actually predict who is going to be good and who is not when you haven't played one regular season game. Well, they have the Bears last, which I hesitate to bring up because Lauren is here, but she doesn't have access to a microphone, so she can't defend the Bears. Yeah, can I... Last. Can I ask you, uh, that was a surprise to me, that they had the Chicago Bears last. That kind of right there made me think they were trying to jab somebody in the eye. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Trying to jab somebody right in the eye. I, I mean, I'm not saying that I think the Bears are going to be great. Uh, I don't. Yet at the same time, I don't know if they're going to be number 32 in the league. I was looking at a couple different interesting sets of odds that just kind of gets sent to me. And one of them was like, who's going to be the last team to lose? Who's going to be the last team to win? Atlanta, I believe, is the favorite to be the last team to win. And when you start to look at the ones where it's like, who's going to have the worst record? Yeah. I remember this because I was looking at Seattle because that was interesting. They were third. Third most likely to have the worst record. It went Houston, Atlanta, and Seattle. Chicago wasn't even on that list, and yet they have Chicago at the very end of this, uh, this power ranking to start the season. Now, they have the Cardinals at 17, which you and I talked about this a little bit earlier. I don't, that's not where I would have them. I'd probably have them a little bit higher. I think they're a playoff team. If you want to have them 17, yeah, whatever. Like, I, that's in that range where I don't care. I really only care, like, who do you have top five? Who do you have bottom five? So, you know what I'd do? I'd go ahead and I'd post it. I'd change the one to a two. I'd put it 27, number 27, and then I'd tape it up inside the locker well, room. Why stop there? And I'd make sure that everyone understands they think you're number 27 because you suck. Okay, I mean that's that's what Change I would it to do. A three, be like they think you're number thirty-seven, <laughs> Luke. That's pretty funny, right there. But you get my point. I do get your point. I want the Arizona Cardinals. I want them to be beat down. Uh, I want these guys backs to be to the wall. That's that's me. It's not going to surprise anybody that's no. listening. I'm always I'm always just interested in like in how. And this is this way for the Cardinals, Suns, D-backs, Coyotes. It, it's it's always this way. I'm interested how how our teams are perceived nationally, especially going into the season, because it yeah. does feel like Valley sports teams have to do a lot more to get recognition. Like we're even seeing it the ESPN win total projection, all that stuff that we were talking about before. Yeah, they have the Suns projected to do really good in the regular season and then bow out in the playoffs quickly. Just because that happened last year doesn't mean that's what's going to keep happening. They won 64 games and they were in the finals the year before, but for this. This year for the Cardinals, to me, it looks like a team that is kind of flying under the radar, no expectations nationally, but is going to be heavily scrutinized because of Hard Knocks and Kyler Murray's contract. Yes, that's a weird mix. Where yeah, we're it almost feels like everybody's kind of waiting for the Cardinals not to be bad, but waiting to point out any of their flaws, and they just see them as a middle of the pack team. Yeah, you know there were a couple other oddities as well that I wrote down. Uh, The Buffalo Bills they had them number one, Basinonians. The Bills number one, the Rams number two. 
I, I, to some degree, I, I understand that. Okay, I get that right there. The Rams are the defending Super Bowl champion. As far as I'm concerned, this is just me. I'm going to get up on my little box right now, and I'm just going to say the Rams should be number one. They're the defending Super Bowl champions. They should. Until you beat them, they should be considered the defending Super Bowl champion, especially going in to September, going into the season. They're the team to beat, aren't they? Because they were last year, and they didn't get beat. They won. They won the whole thing. So that kind of drives me a little bit nuts. It's part of the prediction thing. Once again, it's just looking and saying the Bills. The Bills are so talented. They They're are. So, and they are. They are, though. And I said, okay, that's fine, but I'm going to flip that. I put the Rams number one if I had to do this, and the Bills number two. Well, And, that, that's... and they're my Buffalo Bills. And you know I love my Bills. There are three teams that I still root for in the league, of course. My Arizona Cardinals. Hey, listen, I bleed Cardinal red. You're wearing a Cardinal do. shirt That's right number now. one right there. The Pittsburgh Steelers because of my brother Craig. Absolutely. And the Buffalo Bills. Those three teams and that's it. Well, working against the Bills is the fact they're in the AFC. I mean, and that it, <laughs> at least they're not in the AFC West. Did you see this part of the rankings? They had the Chiefs 7th, the Broncos 8th, the Chargers 9th, the Raiders 11th. Yes. What did you, that was one of my other thoughts right there. The Chiefs at number 7. It's just because of the division, right? Is it because of the division or is it also because of Tyreek Hill not being there? Maybe somebody Maybe somebody's wondering about the Kansas City Chiefs. I thought that was a little around him. Tells me that you know Jimmy G was better than Trey Lance. You don't want him around so that everyone else can point to it and say, oh my goodness, this guy's better than that guy, and you're playing this guy? You're starting him? How dare you? Okay, so I'm, I'm going to get off the soapbox right there. <laughs> You've been up okay? there for a while. I'm going to do that. And the other, some of the other things, too, you, you mentioned the fact the Arizona Cardinals, uh, number 17. Can I finish with this right here? The fact they had the Saints and the Eagles in front of the Arizona Cardinals bothered me. There's a lot of Eagles love out there. There's a lot of Eagles love out there. That bothers me a little bit, Jalen Hurts. I'd still take the Cardinals over the Eagles, but I think I understand having them close. Now, the Saints, I don't understand why you'd have the Saints ahead of the Cardinals. Well, Jameis Winston, like he's a guarantee. Yeah, he's a guarantee. Touchdown, then interception. Then touchdown, then interception. Like, you know what Jameis Winston is. The ball never hits the ground. Somebody always, either his his teammate catches it or the opposing team catches it. I Once again, I, I thought that was disrespectful right there. And by the way, I'd post that in the Arizona Cardinals locker room as well. Put that on a big side. <laughs> the Saints and the Eagles are better than you. Well, you assume if they have you ranked 37th, they probably have the Saints and the Eagles ahead of you. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, we'll talk some Suns with Kellen Olsen, our Phoenix Suns guru. That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Yeah. <laughs> 
Is this from your uh, your time in that heart cover band that you used to play in? No. No? Okay. It isn't, we'll, though. We'll find that. you got to love Ann Wilson, right? That's now. a good heart. Right? That's a good rejoin. so good It's a right solid there. rejoin. We don't play a lot of, like, old school rejoins. That's an old school that rejoin. Is, that is sweet it, right it there, man. What a voice. Um, we got Kellen Olson on the line right now. Last time I saw Kellen was at a baseball game last night. He's joining us on the Arizona Sports Line right now. Probably not to talk about baseball. Kellen, what's going on? We're too busy, man. Can they give us days off? Holy smokes. Hello. <laughs> How you doing, big guy? Oh, we're doing fantastic. Jokes as always. Great to be out at the sports, baseball, football, basketball, whatever we're going to talk about just now. I'm ready for. Hi, guys. <laughs> All right, Kellen. We're going to here. We're going to just start you off with an easy one. Where is Kevin Durant going to be playing basketball at the end of next season? End of next season? Yes. Like, where is he going to finish wow. this upcoming season? Uh, complicated. Uh, up until now, I've heard that he is preferred destination is Phoenix, so Ooh, it doesn't nice. change for me. I think Phoenix. Okay, so so yeah, let's actually go there because I mean everything that happened over the weekend between him and Joe Sai, I think a lot of us look at it and say that was necessary. If he's ever going to play on Phoenix, that meeting was necessary. But all you hear nationally are people like Shams, and, and he's not the only one saying, okay, it's probably Boston or Toronto or Miami or maybe somebody else. I'm kind of still in that line of thinking with you that the Suns just have to do one thing and they move right to the front of that list. But I, I'll be honest, before I felt like it was logical. Now I feel like I'm just kind of sticking to it because that's what I've been feeling. Yeah, this news cycle is in a really uh, strange position where it's been going on so long that we're kind of retreading and just kind of finding it difficult to not change or it's tough to change your stance at this point when there's nothing really worthwhile changing your stance off of, if that makes sense. Like we had that Boston news drop two weeks ago, but to me that just read like something that was like, oh no, watch out. We got this offer from the Boston Celtics. We might take it. Jalen Brown. Oh boy. There's the ulcer. Everyone's been talking about. Watch out other teams. Here we go. We're going to do it. And then of course, like nothing really materialized. Windhorse came on Bickley and Murata that morning and just said that, yeah, yeah, those talks were like from a week or two ago essentially i believe is what windhorse said when he when he joined the show so nothing has really materialized since then and then to be honest i'm not one to really change my stance unless there's something worth it even if it's been like what what has it been now like three or four weeks since we heard uh shams and zach will both say in different ways that the suns are number one on durant's list so i, I nothing's really going to change for me on that point i think the more interesting discussion is if the suns would be willing to give up what they need to give up and it seems like they they aren't willing to right now yeah that is very very interesting to me right now kellen what what do you want to see happen what do you, obviously i'm a I'm imagining you want to see the Phoenix Suns get Kevin Durant. I would ask you, at what cost do you want to see them get Kevin Durant? Yeah, if I had the ability to make the decision, I would pull the trigger on the trade. And I say the trade because the Suns are in a really unique position right now where everyone kind of knows what their best offer is by default. Like, Devin Booker's obviously not going to be on it, so their default offer is Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, four first-round picks, three swaps, and then maybe there's a fourth player involved there, too. Maybe it's Campaign or Torrey Craig or, or Dario Saric in, in some sort of 
fashion in, in a type of deal like that because like everyone knows kind of like the top three players in the deal the max swaps the max first round picks and, and so on everyone kind of knows that's the deal meanwhile with boston it's like will they include jalen brown and a couple of their players will toronto include scotty barnes and and so on but we kind of know what it looks like for phoenix at least because ever since john drayton's return uh happened we we kind of got that solidified so now it's just a matter of if it's done want to execute a trade like that and everything that Gambo was saying during the first week of this whole news cycle was essentially that the Suns really don't want to gut their roster and that's been backed up by ESPN's Bobby Marks and a couple of other different people and if they executed that type of trade, it would pretty much contradict, uh, I wrote this on ArizonaSports.com, it would directly contradict the way that James Jones won executive of the year and the one, the way that the Suns kind of built their roster, which was balanced across the board. Now, they'd have a really, really great top four of Kevin Durant, DeAndre, and Chris Paul, Devin Booker, but pieces five through nine and five through 11, like it would, it would be tough. It, it would be quite the challenge to fill up the depth of the team going forward. And, and that's where you kind of have to make a decision. And for me, the, the decision is Kevin Durant. Talking to Kellen Olson, uh, Kellen, logic would dictate that it, you know if they're going to get a deal done before the season, it's going to be other pieces, but the primary piece would be Mikel Bridges. If somehow this drags on until January and they made a deal then, maybe you end up including DeAndre Ayton if he signs off on it instead of Mikel Bridges. So I know this is a lot of hypotheticals, but if they were to get Kevin Durant, in addition to the other pieces you have to give up, would you be more inclined to give up Mikel or D.A.? Uh, I would be more inclined to give up DA just based on a, a myriad of different factors, mostly just it's it's difficult to sit here and say that one is more replaceable than the other because the bottom line is each guy is pretty irreplaceable. We talked about that for months with DeAndre, and we've been talking about it now for weeks with Mikel because we never thought we would be talking about the Suns getting rid of Mikel Bridges, but then Kevin Durant becomes available, and, and that kind of changes everything. But I, I just think it becomes a little bit easier with DeAndre because Mikel would still be around to guard the primary guy on every team because if Mikel goes in a deal, I, I don't know what the Suns are going to do from a defensive perspective in terms of who's going to guard Steph Curry, John Morant, Luka Doncic, Paul George. Like I, I have no idea, and, and that that becomes a challenge for them. Uh, and then on on the flip side of that, though, of course, it, it becomes okay. Like who's the anchor of your defense? Who's the guy covering the ball screen from the backside? Like that's always been DeAndre, and he's always been fantastic at that. He's always been the guy creating gravity for your offense naturally. But then again, you would get more spacing without someone like DeAndre in your offense. And that's where I think you could see potential benefits in terms of in terms of losing him. But I, I think that part of this that you didn't mention, Luke, is DeAndre would have to obviously be in the middle of the season. And, and yeah. if that's the choice, if it's DeAndre in the middle of the season or Mikel right now, I would say Mikel right now because I just don't really believe in it from a basketball perspective, just like speaking like philosophically on how the game works and just how team sports and the dynamics work in, work in general. I don't think you can make that big of a move from a magnitude uh, angle in January or February and just expect your team to be able to figure out all of its core dynamics in two to three months before the postseason starts and then win a championship. So I think you need to do, if you're doing a move where you get rid of one of your two, three, four most important players or, or two or three of your most important players and get one that is going to become one of your most important players, I, I just think that requires so much shifting to really win a championship, which of course is what this is all about. So if I had a choice, it would, it would be, that's my complicated answer. It would be Mikel now, but with several caveats. 
You know what's amazing about this, though, guys? If, in fact, you're one of those people that want to see the Phoenix Suns get Kevin Durant, if you want Kevin Durant here, uh, rejoice, because he's coming here. Because Kevin Durant is a superstar, and he's also a bit of a diva. That's what I think. I think he's a diva. He's going to get his way. And if, in fact, the reports are true that he wants to be a Phoenix Sun, that's where he's coming. He's not going anywhere else. Uh, Kellen, we appreciate the time, man. Next time we have you on, we're going to make you translate the hidden meaning of Jay Crowder's tweets, okay? Uh, okay, just don't look at his favorites. Okay. <laughs> Thank All you, right. Kellen. Thanks, Kellen. That's Kellen Olson calling in on the Arizona Sports Line right there. Uh, all right, we come back. Final segment of the show. Who's going to play for the Cardinals on Friday night? Cliff Kingsbury's given us some answers. We'll run through them next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Takeoff 2022 is a go. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. Final segment of the show when uh, we're getting the audio. Cliff Kingsbury after practice today. A.J. Green as well. Wolf, I'm going to start here because we're getting a better sense of who's going to play in this game on Friday. You know, the game you'll be calling. You know, you're flying to Cincinnati here soon. So uh, just so you're aware of who's going to be playing. I'm going to get this one out of the way first, okay? Okay. I'm sorry, but it does not sound like Trey McBride will be playing on Friday. Yeah, I, I doubt it will be um, after today. I, we just rested him, and so I doubt it'll be um, Friday night. Hoping for Baltimore at this point. It's mildly concerning. That's bombing me out. Yeah. Can I just tell you that right now? I, I'm gushing over this. I love this guy, Trey McBride. This is a guy that I think honestly can have an impact on the Arizona Cardinals in their offense this year as a rookie. You don't say that very often. Now, again, I'm not saying he's going to go out and have a 1,000 yards receiving. I'm not saying he's going to have the impact of a George Kittle, even though he is a George Kittle type, for the record. I'm just saying. <laughs> you Luke, did. That we have audio saying, of the record. Okay, for the I, I, It's just a bummer. I, I want to see this guy play, and I think the Arizona Cardinals want to see him play as uh, well. A week ago, I mean, a week ago it was, hey, Trey McBride's getting a rest day. And we're like, how is Trey McBride getting a rest day? And Cliff was like, because we want to make sure we have him in a right. position where we can see what he does on next Friday at that point against Cincinnati, and we just haven't really seen him since. And I know they want to see him play, and it's because he's a two-way guy. He is a true tight end in every, every way you can parse. Think about his ability to run block, his ability to pass protect, his ability to run routes, his ability to catch ball, uh, catch a ball, especially over the middle of the field. This guy has got everything. He checks all the boxes for a tight end. Man, it's it's maddening that he's not going to play. If by some crazy, impressive, miraculous recovery, Max Williams is able to play in week one, you don't need Trey McBride in week one. Now, look, we're not talking about week one. We're talking about tomorrow or Friday's game. Uh, but to be special in these first six games, I think you do need Trey McBride at like full strength and, and having gotten some reps he in, in the preseason. every rep exactly yeah, that's the thing. right. This isn't Kyler Murray didn't play in the preseason. Will they be okay? Well, Kyler Murray has played in this league. Trey McBride hasn't, and he really hasn't even been out there and practiced much. Look at every rep you can possibly get when you have the silks on. Every rep is so critical to your development, your rookie year. 
I kid you not. I cannot stress that enough. Every rep. There are some rookies that are going to play in this game on Friday night. They're going to get maybe 15 reps. And those 15 reps are going to be critical to how well they're going to do the next week. It's critical to your confidence as well, and it can destroy your confidence. If you go out there and you have 15 reps and seven of them you blew your assignment, you got a minus on, that can really crush you and destroy your confidence. It's 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 imperative that the young guys in particular, rookies, get reps. As many reps as they can get. That's why Zayvon Collins, even even Zayvon Collins, going into his second year, talking to him here today, it was so critical to me that he wants to get reps. And the fact that he said, you know what, I'd like more than 15. Man, I like that, Luke. You think he's getting more than 15? I don't he, think so. He's kind of the unknown for me because they. I, I could understand if they were like, let's play him a lot this preseason. Not not ridiculous amounts where you're you know you've, you've crossed a line, but like I could see them wanting him to get reps, like you're saying, because he's going to be right in the heart of your defense all season long. He's got to know, man. It's it's the eyes. So much of the time, it is the eyes. You got to be able to see things and diagnose them quickly before you can act. It's always about the brain. It's always about your eyes in the brain, always. Whether you're playing Mike Linebacker, whether you're playing quarterback, whether you're playing fullback, <laughs> it's always about the eyes. Didn't Kyle Vandenbosch tell us earlier this and week he didn't think fullback was still a position? Yeah, yeah. you know, Kyle, honestly, he didn't like it because, you know what, he got wham-blocked oh boy. more than once. Kyle got wham-blocked more than once, right under the chin, and didn't like it. All right. I'm just trying to get the backstory. Uh, more and then from, fought the dude. <laughs> probably. <laughs> As yes. he got where I'm Probably. Yeah. Here's more from Cliff. Uh, just starters in general. Doesn't expect many of them to be playing against Cincinnati. Not a ton. I mean, we're going to play some guys who have a chance. Like Xavier will play some. Um, Gardeck will play some. Marco on defense. Offensively, yeah, not not too many guys that I think will, will crack that starting lineup. Um Building off that, we didn't really get into this a whole lot, and we'll get into it more, I'm sure, uh, heading towards Friday. But uh, how much do you really want Kyler to play this preseason? Um, you know, uh, would I like to see him a series or two? Yeah, I definitely would. Uh, maybe a series in the Baltimore Ravens game. I'd love to see that right there, especially because of the black helmets, I guess. The Cardinals are going to break out for that preseason game. You weren't the here. black helmet. When when they first released the black helmets. How, how, how I know. I'm oh, all man. in, oh, obviously. There's no doubt about it, man. Yeah. That's, you know, uh, listen. Solid. You can run into the darkness or you can run in the darkness. How did they if not you know have you I voice mean, the video? I would totally want to run in the darkness. Ooh, and put that right on your face. Can you feel that? I'm sorry. Did I bust your nose on that? <laughs> Is this another wham block story? I'm so sorry. Oh my goodness! One time, I kid you not, I hit this dude so hard right up, right above his right eye, and, it, and the helmet came down over his nose and broke his nose. I think about that. Okay, and it that doesn't sound fun. The at blood all. went. <laughs> 
have you spoken to this guy since? I'm, no. Can we get him I, on the show? Some rookie, man. It was no, some, some rookie. rookie. It was, yeah, I, I don't even know who the guy was. That's a, that's a rookie. It that's like matter. year seven. Dude, Brooke, I'm sorry. <laughs> that doesn't even sound like a genuine sorry. Uh, real quick, here's uh, Cliff on getting Kyler back into the mix here in camp. We feel good about his progression next week. I think he'll be back out there and uh, we'll still be smart. But just getting him the team reps, building that rapport. Hopefully we get Rodney Hudson back at some point next week and can get uh, get the band back together and, and start moving forward as a first offensive unit. And Kyler's basically a player coach at this point with how many plays he's called. Man, did you see it today? I they did. had the headset yeah. on once again. Yeah, you did. You were down there right there on the field. You could smell the grass. Oh, it smelled so good. And there it is. Kyler's got the headset on. It was great being down there on the field once again. The only thing better would be mowing it and, of course, with they, sliding they never out, moved it out as today. we're down on the field watching practice. It's Can you imagine here. how cool no, that, that would be? be? We should do a show like oh, that. Oh, my goodness. All right. Thanks uh, thanks to the Cardinals for having us out here. Thanks to Aaron Maloney, Lauren Covo, Byron Oliver, Jesse Morrison, Zach Larson. A lot of people to try and make you sound Man. good. <laughs> All right. For Wolf, I'm Luke. we got Burns and Gambo next on 98.7 FM Arizona Dirt Sports bag. Station.